What's up, guys? Dave Lipson here, and welcome to the Love and Thunder podcast. We got a special guest coming to you today from Naples, Florida. We got Kevin Valance here, who is one of the owners and founders of The Hidden Summit, a really cool group geared towards men, helping them kind of transform their bodies, their minds, their spirits. Uh, Kevin's got a really kind of cool story. And uh, one thing he does that definitely parallels a lot of the stuff that we do here at Thunderbro is he specializes in body transformation, but not just what's going on physically. It's also maybe what's behind the muscle and the mind, the body and the spirit. Kevin, welcome to the show. Dave, thanks for having me, dude. Happy to be here. Happy to chat. Been following you for a while. And I love what you do with your community. Happy to share a little bit what I've got going on over here and, you know, happy to get into it. So, yeah, like you said, uh, I own and operate uh, the Hidden Summit group. Uh, it's a private group on Facebook and it's turned into a nice little it was started off as just helping people for free, get their shit together during the pandemic, like making small decisions and thinking on how we can get on track uh, at that time. And now we get uh, the opportunity to help people globally uh, transform their life. Uh, our whole mission is together we can become better. And we believe that this is both a mind and body transformation. You can't do one without the other. So happy to chat about that a little bit today. Man, the, the pandemic, I mean, that's going to go down in our lives, right? That's going to be the thing, I would assume, like, or at least one of the big things, right? We got like 9-11, that, that obviously sticks out in my mind a lot, uh, having grown up in the Northeast and known a lot of my classmates and buddies that ended up going into the military and armed services. And, you know, that that was obviously like a huge fork in the road in world history. And now we got the pandemic, which, you know, I'm imagining we're like tell our grandkids about like the first time we got locked in our houses because everybody was <laughs> getting sick and we didn't know what was happening. But um, I think a lot of people, you know, that that face those challenges in the pandemic and gosh, I, I could only imagine like, you know, uh, so many different kind of reactions to it. Right. Like some people were just completely shut down, you know, freaking out. It, 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 it totally was this kind of thing that that started kind of dominating their lives. And then there were people that we're able to find great opportunity in the pandemic and, and, and use it. And, uh, you know, looking back, I mean, like the whole world is different now after the pandemic, like, and just like what we're doing right now, right. A lot of people aren't going into work anymore. A lot of people have online businesses. Now, um, the, the whole world has changed and you found some opportunity in that. So tell us a little bit about how all of that happened, like how you guys got kicked off. And, and that's kind of like a bigger theme I'm hearing from you is like, you know, these decisions, these opportunities that kind of come by, there's lots of different ways of kind of looking at them. So uh, tell us a little bit about your story and how that all kind of got kicked off. Oh, for sure. So, I mean, if we're starting right then and, you know, it was 2019 and my brother, Derek, uh, former Navy SEAL was getting out of the military and he noticed rather quickly before any of the sickness happened that people were make, having a really tough time making simple decisions every day to benefit themselves, to be in a place of health, to lead their families, to lead their lives in a place of positivity. Uh, and he came to me and he was like, hey man, uh, do you wanna start this coaching thing? And I was running and managing the largest CrossFit gym in New York City at the time. And I was like, absolutely, I would love to help people more, um, especially because it was, you know, for me, I, I look at my, my origin story and that's how I, I think of it, is like, I wanna help people, not exactly as where I was, but you know, people who, you know, had it all together and then lost their way. And like, I put on a hundred pounds at one point. So 15 years ago, I weighed three, three bills, um, had to figure that out on my own. And then a couple of years later, after I got my shit together, my dad died at 59 years old. And that hit me really hard because he was in a place of that, you know, he was working really hard and he was a great dad and super smart and like extremely loving and was there for everything, but literally it killed him with the stress and not being able to know what to do to take care of himself through because I, I look back and he was super depressed and didn't really understand what steps to take and thought it was this impossible hill to climb. Uh, and then when he passed, like I imploded and I was at the gym by my apartment every day and I was at the gym by work every day and I signed up for this CrossFit gym between the two of them and I was running for my first half marathon. I was like, that's never going to be me. Uh, and then my first half marathon in the last mile, I'm running at this record pace, like blazing speed for me. Uh, and I just start hysterically crying in the last mile. Like, fuck, I'm never going to see my dad again. And I'm not able to help him. But in that same moment, I realized that if I just do this for myself, I help nobody else. And that was the moment I started 
putting the word out there and I didn't have any certificates or, you know, degrees to be able to do this, but I had in my mind, the experience to be able to do it. So I came up with this mantra, I can do push through and push stood for progress using strength and heart, because if we can think it and we can feel it, we can take action on it. And I just continue to, you know, try and talk to one person every day and posting on social media about what I was doing and moving forward. Uh, so I had a couple of people reach out to me at the time, like say, thanking me, like appreciative of the fact that someone else could share this story that they were feeling and didn't know who to talk to about it. So we fast forward and, you know, I leave the retail career that I was in and I open up these gyms and we grow these gyms from one to five in five years. And then the pandemic happens. And my brother just came to me months before, like, hey, do you want to start this coaching thing? And I was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And then we did nothing with it because we didn't know how to start a business. We we're like, oh, like we have the LLC, but now what? He had a couple of clients. I had a couple of clients. And just throw up a sign. And <laughs> yeah, like, hey. People can go rainy in now. <laughs> <laughs> like, pray for it to happen. Um, and then he was actually going from being out of the military and he's got a tough life, right? He was a Navy SEAL. He's a professional model. He's like super tough life, my brother. Um, but <laughs> he was going into the police academy because he still felt this calling to serve. So he had less time to focus on Hidden Summit. And I had more time because the gyms were at a standstill. We had to close our doors. And while we had a really great space within the five gyms that we had, um, it was tough to bring that community together online which I understood because they loved the coaches that they were working with, which we were super appreciative of. However, still, I noticed rather quickly that people went from training five, six days a week and showing up to class to doing nothing and started drinking and posting about that and sharing that they were scared and they didn't know what to do in their own home. So I took it upon myself to start the Hidden Summit group on Facebook just to create a platform to people for people to come to learn and to grow. So, I mean, in the beginning, we were just hosting a workout class every morning. And I was talking with, eventually within the first month, I was talking with clients, uh, not even clients, just members, because I wasn't you know, taking payment at the time. Um, between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. every Monday and Tuesday, every half hour on the hour, it's like, what's going on with your day-to-day? -day? Like, how can we mentally check ourselves? What, do, what are you doing to invest in yourself? Like, what type of movement can we get in today? What are we eating when it comes to you know our nutritional habits? And eventually, I said, okay, what we're going to do is bring these community, these one-on-one -on -one calls to a community call. So I hosted two or three community calls Monday and Tuesday. And I noticed rather quickly that it was more impactful for them to hear what other people were going through. Yeah, so like I, my, I remember you saying that when we were talking before the show, and that really kind of stuck out to me because, um, you know, like when, when you are the coach or the center point, you know, people kind of expect that, you're going to have your shit together and, you know, you're kind of people are going to do what you do one degree shittier, you know, <laughs> so, so to get some, right. some respects. <laughs> but um, I think sometimes folks assume that they're the only ones struggling with stuff, right? They think that it's, it's problems that are maybe just unique to them when in reality, everybody has all kinds of stuff. In fact, they're sometimes people dealing with stuff that's way heavier than, you know, the superficial stuff that might be stressing you out. And so hearing that can really give you, a, I, I guess, a, a sense of a validation, like it's normal to have these struggles and you're not alone. And I think that's really what people, especially during the pandemic, you think about the way everyone was isolated. That's really what folks are craving is like human contact and social interaction like that. That really hurts to have that taken away. Yeah. And we saw that rather quickly. So we, you know, and I never saw a lot of us as a nutrition company or just a workout program company, right? There's plenty of those out there. But what I wanted to do was to help people think more clearly so they can take action on those thoughts and build this mental toughness to take on the challenges that were worth taking on, not the ones that they felt that were holding them back. And that was, that was huge for us. Like I still, I mean, since 2020, I've hosted a minimum of one, a maximum of three mindset huddles every single Monday. And the whole point is to set the tone for the week. Cause you I mean, you work with a lot of clients. What's their toughest day coming off a rough weekend. I would, I would imagine like heading into the week and how am I going to get this back on track? Well, well I'll tell you that leg day is always on Monday. Uh, leg day is a metaphor by the way. Okay. Because leg day is, is the hardest, most damaging day of the entire week and it sets you up for the whole week, you know, so it's almost like getting the hard stuff done early. 
but more so the reason why we position it there is because over the weekend, usually people are checked out, they're relaxing, they're, they're chilling out. So why not take on the hardest stuff when you feel freshest? And I think you could probably say that about a lot of things. And from a work perspective, the hardest day is Monday, right? So, you know, you try to clip that out early and often and then set yourself up for success. And even, uh, you know, thinking about things like uh, with people's schedules, right? You know, one of the common things that all talk to clients about that work personally one-on-one -on -one with me. And the biggest thing we do is we write them a schedule so that they know when they need to wake up. Because if they're not waking up on time and they're playing catch up, not only their meals are going to be off, their supplements or the, the work is going to start to pile up, but that can also affect their ability to be present in the workout too. So, um, you know, it's all, it's all about getting ahead and staying ahead. Yeah. I love, there's this book called the ruthless elimination of hurry. And basically it's, it, you know, in concept, you can never be your best self when you're rushing to try and get to where it is you have to go. So, I mean, in, in your process, like we like to like have them set up their day, like a power list of sorts, like what can I do to take on the day? But then to be able to do that, like, what does that fall into your week? Because I mean, you know, as well as I do, when you're working with somebody, I can't just say, look, let's forget about all the other responsibilities that we have. But like, if you're willing to add in a little bit more, it doesn't mean you have to hurry or rush along to make those things happen. But how can we be present and pay attention to getting those things done in a way that set us up for success? With everything else that goes on in our life and that's yeah ab absolutely and uh one of the things i sometimes think about is uh i always hear people talk about having a balanced life like having a balanced lifestyle where you're you know you're an athlete but then you're a business owner and then you're a parent a father or husband you're also a friend so you know the idea of balance at least to me doesn't mean that you shortchange one thing to do the other thing it actually means to be balanced at certain points of the day or certain points of the week or certain points of the month or the year, you have to be unbalanced so that you can be completely present when, you know, you, you're doing those things, knowing that you'll get to that other stuff and be able to, 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 you know, be there. But it doesn't mean like cutting things short or putting in a half effort or something like that. It's, it's really just a matter of being okay with, um, with just, kind of going tunnel vision at times and just being completely present and immersing yourself in something where I think a lot of people sometimes assume that being balanced means I got to pull back on these things and, and not go full tilt in them. Sure. And Dave, I like to replace that word balance with harmony. Cause I harmony. don't think, I think like if you find harmony in your life, it's in sync and you can move forward. Cause a lot of people will say like balance is, Oh, let me work my nine to five and kick up and do Netflix every single night. Or let me work 12 hour days Monday through Friday and go do nothing on the weekends and drink my face off. Balance is also like, let me bust my ass every day for 10 years and never work another day in my life. Right. So perspective on balance. I love what you're getting at is that, yes, sometimes we will have to put the blinders on. I believe in like the Google theory of like 60% of the time we do the day to day, 20% of the time we're in grind mode and 20% of the time I want my team to create because if they can't create, then how are they going to grind? And if they can't grind, how are we going to like have the opportunity to do the day to day? So I find this, this word harmony allows us to like create this cord that works in our favor. And like you said, put the blinders on when we need and like learn how to pull back and be okay with that. That's a big struggle. A lot of our clients have is they'll get into this fitness regimen and the, they'll start meditating and, you know, they'll take care of their food and then they beat themselves up when it doesn't go perfectly. And I'm like, Hey, like when was it like, it took you how many ever, however many years to like decide to do this. You're in a couple weeks in, why are you going to beat yourself up over one meal or one workout or one alarm that you slept through? Like this is called life. And this is why imperfect action repeated uh, consistently over time will yield positive results, not this like attempt to be perfect in everything where you will experience more burnout in the long run. And I say that from experience. So I don't know if you've ever felt the same way or not. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, we have little sayings for this, like what you're talking about doing most things well, most of the time. Right. And and, yeah. uh, and and really just focusing on that and and or from a dietary perspective, you know, we'll tell athletes, hey, 80 percent compliance will get you 80 percent of the results. Or you have to put into context the entry point, you know, that that people are coming into a program, whether it be a nutritional program or a training program. And, you know, there, there's always a context there because comparison can often be the thief of joy. And so you have to gauge yourself against yourself and you look at it. 
from that 30,000 foot view, you can see your progress, but on a daily basis, you know, you might be looking in the mirror and you're like, you don't see much, so to speak, right? So you, ha you have to be able to kind of zoom out and keep things in perspective and also realize like, you know, sometimes, um, sometimes that margin of error is, is something that can be helpful because it allows you to attain consistency over long periods of time. Right. So, you know, if, if I say, hey, you have to be perfect. And the second you're not perfect, you're like thrown in the towel and you're like, I can't do it. It was too hard. You just burn out. You know, um, you're never going to be able to sustain that over a long period of time. But if you say, hey, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the best I can right now with what I have, with where I'm at. And then over time, I'm going to try to see if I can continue to improve that. That honestly is is where progress is. And it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, like compliance is the science, honestly. Um, and, and it's okay. You know, if you miss a day in the gym, like it, it, it's okay. You don't have to double up. You don't have to starve yourself. <laughs> like it, it's just about stacking. You know, I think about it in terms of like training, right? I tell people it's about accumulating repetitions. Like how many quality repetitions can you accumulate over your lifetime? If you're doing something that's too hard and you end up injuring yourself because your training program is inappropriate, but you think that's what you need to do to be the fittest man on earth, even though that's not your goal, that's not the right training program. It's got to be the one where you can, you know, start to really accumulate those numbers and those habits that are just like how you live. Right. And, and, and that's the name of the game. So you've got a pretty interesting transformation story, Kevin. And I think it's something like, I don't know if you see behind me, we got all these like before and afters and stuff. We yeah. love the before and afters um, because I'm, you know, I, I, I like geeking out on all the exercise science and, you know, nutritional information out there and all the different takes on stuff. But at the end of the day, uh, results are king. Nothing speaks louder than a before and after picture. So you had a pretty uh, interesting transformation yourself. Tell us a little bit about that. For sure. So, I mean, this goes back like 15, almost 16 years now. Uh, graduated high school, uh, was fit, playing sports, you know, playing lacrosse in high school. It was my game growing up. I did everything, but that was it. And then after I graduated, just there was no more lacrosse team to play on. I went to a small conservatory music school because that was looked more promising for the future and didn't have any athletics there. And you know, it was something that they don't teach you in high school to commute in New York rush hour traffic every single day to go park and walk two miles to class and wait three hours between your classes to go to classes you don't want to go to. And uh, I lost my way. Go back to the conservatory <laughs> thing for one minute. Were, were you a yeah. musician? Or what, what's yes. your what, you, what, what, what do you play? So uh, I was... I went to school for uh, education in vocal music and uh, okay. did conser uh, conservatory style, style vocal music and choral music, mostly uh, from a education and professional standpoint. But I mean, I play guitar, bass, piano, drums. I played in a bunch of rock bands uh, oh, then as well. Awesome. And, so, and what yeah. Was what music conservatory was it? This was the Aaron Copeland School of Music at Queens College. Oh, wow. That's that's yeah. pretty Holy crap. That's awesome. I, yeah. My mother was a uh, chorus teacher for 35 years at the awesome. high school. Yeah. All it's really neat. Like they have great voices. They put me on the drums. Uh, <laughs> there you go. I didn't have the Keep gift, that. right? <laughs> Keep that <laughs> <So>. time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everyone's a musician. Like Dave, you play drums, be an athlete. Uh, so, um, <laughs> Gotta love it. Oh man. Uh, yeah. And you know, for me, it was, it's a, uh, there's, there's so much that goes into it. Right. And then being in it for a few years in high school and then in college as well, like those were the classes I showed up to because it was the ones I look forward to, um, yep. you know, being able to sing at Carnegie hall and doing those things. Like those are memories that I'll never forget. Um, however, I did, I do realize that at that time that I, I lost my way in other areas. Um, just hanging out with the wrong people, leaning more into like playing in my rock band. I was smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. Like, yeah, cool. Vocal major, like smoking every single day. That makes a lot of sense. But I was this invincible, like 21 year old kid who, you know, figured like, oh, what's the worst that can happen? And that's the thing with these like little decisions, you know, they don't have this negative effect immediately. And you just fall into these bad habits. And before I knew it, I didn't recognize myself. I would look in the mirror and I was like, oh man, I don't want to take my shirt off anymore. Oh man, I put on another 20 pounds. That freshman 15 turned to a, into a freshman, you know, 50 and then another 50 the next year. So that's uh, what happened to me <laughs> at Did that it point. Did the quality of your voice though? It got lower, which yeah, was exactly. important that's at that time. <laughs> They're like, you know, because uh, I come from a family of singers and they would always talk about, you know, the diaphragmatic pressure they can create and how 
big, you know, big singers just have, they don't want to lose their, the power of their voice if they lose <laughs> a little bit of their gut. Um, and it's so funny because it's just like, those are not two things that really go together, like fitness and, and, uh, and, and singing. It's just not, there's, there's no, there's no causal relationship there. Right. So it's not something people do. What they do is they, they take care of their voice. You know, they, they eat lots of good food and they enjoy culture and music and other, other kinds of uh, arts and things like that. But it's not necessarily like you're kind of an outlier if you're an athlete in that, in that environment. Um, yeah. At least that's what I found when I was in high school. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I mean, I, I, I mean, where we grew up, it was like it was such a small school. Everybody did everything. So like the mm -hmm. athletes were in theater, and the theater was in the music, and the music was in the business club. So it was like, you know, oh, I wow. got a, a, little, a little, yeah, it was, it was, you know, I know that's not the norm, but that's how it was where I went to high school. So I had a little bit of taste of everything, and. Yep. For me at that time, there was like a falling out between uh, the lacrosse coach and I uh, in the senior year. But then I leaned into the music more. And at that time, it was more fun to play a rock show than to not have. I mean, we didn't have a you know a season anymore. So I just leaned into that and then went into school and lost my way. Uh, long story short, I, I two years later, I was 300 pounds. I was, you know, whatever year it was. So I was 22 years old. It was Thanksgiving. And uh, we hosted it at my mom and dad's house. And I gotten into uh, a little bit of shit earlier, you know, started dabbling with drugs. I was working at a restaurant for cash to go hang out with my friends and like talk about all the things we wanted to do in life in parking lots, like stereotypical, like lost your way case, um, you know, drinking beer plenty of nights a week, living in a futon in my parents' basement, uh, being a little rebel. But it's Thanksgiving, my whole family's there and I start drinking too much too soon, get into an argument with my dad. And I couldn't even tell you what we were arguing about. It was probably something along the lines of, hey, stop drinking, you idiot. It's noon. Together, uh, son. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I guess it was, you know, looking back, it was just like all of this 10 fingers pointed back at me. Like I didn't know how to process that thought or that emotion of what I had become. And I ran out of the house and I punched a hole in my own car window. I drove an orange Honda Element at the time, and I just smashed it in front of my whole fucking family. I was you can camp in an Element. You those seats in the back, they fold to the side. Dude, you just such a thing. such a cool underrated car, like super cool, like <laughs> like waterproof. You just spray it on down. The seats fold up. It fit all my band equipment, by the way. Yeah, um, easy to get a drum <laughs> back there. That's right. So I go in the backyard and I just like sit down. It's just not. I don't even think I started crying. I was just embarrassed, silent bloodied arm and everything and my aunt comes up to me and she's like you fucked up we've all fucked up too but the thing is you got to do something about it we're okay because we did something about it and this is your decision to make if you want to continue down this path or if you want to pivot to be the person you want to be and i mean i think that's the same conversation that uh we've had with a lot of people <laughs> come on as clients yeah. Is because, you know, and that's the thing is like, you know, you can't want it for someone else. You know, you, you, when I, when I see a client, what I want to do is, is find someone who wants to engage in a partnership, right? It's like, I'm going to give you all of myself and I need you to give you all of me and we can do something really cool here. But if you don't want it, it doesn't matter what I do. It really doesn't. Like you can write the perfect training program and the perfect nutrition program. You can set them up for success. You can stack the deck in their favor in every way, but unless they want it, it's not going to happen. And so that's kind of the, the, the tricky thing about it all, it, especially with regard to change. It's like you can have everybody in the world telling you, you know, hey, you're going down the wrong path and yada, yada. And you can even see it yourself, but it's not until you are, have had it. When you're like, this is not, this is not me. Like, you know, this is not the person I want to be that anything ever really happens. Yeah. And I wish I could say that was it. I wish I could say that was the moment that, you know, changed it all. Sure. I try, I drank a little bit less. I didn't do as many drugs, but I was still like, it, 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 you know, to go from surviving to thriving doesn't happen with the snap of your fingers. Yep. I mean, the decision can happen in your head, but then, oh, I have to do the work and that work is really hard. And I can't do it the way I thought I, I used to be able to do it. So the, my dad was taking my sister to go tour this college that she wasn't going to go to because she already accepted. But they were like, we'll go anyway, just in case things don't work out. And he met the men's lacrosse coach there. 
and he they started talking because at the time my dad was you know he talked to everybody that was his thing and um the coach was like hey do you know anybody guys that want to come onto the team or try and do grow the team and the program and he without saying that i was 300 pounds and a fuck up and my brother was leaving to go study in australia the next semester was like yeah my sons would love to come talk to you like thinking he, he was right and we walked into the office uh, you know however many days or weeks later and uh, they wanted nothing to do with me basically they were like you're too dumb and you're too fat you can't be on this team unless you figure something out and that was the first time i was actually told no yep ever and i was like whoa okay and i sat with it on the car ride home and i was i'd made a decision i said okay just fucking watch and that was the moment where i said i'm going to go to the gym every day and i would run my fat ass to the gym huffing and puffing and i would try and lift weights again and i was trying to move the way i wanted to move and i wasn't smoking cigarettes anymore and it was really hard and i had good days and i had bad days but the thing is like i showed up every single day to prove a point to somebody else and i didn't know that was what the fueled my fire at that time and also i went back to school and i got all a's the next semester just because i went to class because i yep. showed up because i was just like okay i have something to prove because at this time i had transferred to community college because i wasn't cutting at the music school mm -hmm. and it was trying to save some money and uh went from a 0.5 gpa to a 3.5 gpa i got lost 40 pounds in four months i walked into a starbucks to meet the assistant coach and one of the guys on the team and they didn't even recognize me and that was one of the best moments of my life feeling that way like hey i did this and then i went onto the team i became captain of the team and graduated with honors two years later and here we are so it's this moment of being told no and having that moment of like feeling rock bottom and just saying okay no one's going to do this for you go prove something to yourself because i don't like being told no i guess that's what it was well yeah and even more so it's, it's not even just the act of no it's kind of like you know someone telling you that you're just you're just not good enough and and uh maybe <laughs> you know maybe that's the catalyst i think uh i think a lot of guys have stories like that too though you know like um when i got into training um i i was coming to it from a standpoint of i, I didn't really like the gym at all uh i was a baseball player and i liked playing baseball and i would throw a ball and i'd hang out on the field and i just loved the game um but when it came to like conditioning or, or strength training I kind of thought of that more as like punishment than than reward, you know, and um, and then I hurt my arm and I got this uh, arm surgery that really like all of a sudden that gift was gone. And so now what? Right. And my reconciliation of it all was that um, if my arm is going to be the weak link, that I'm going to make everything as big and strong as possible to make up for it, because it was that idea of like holding on to my career, like I'm not letting that go. And that was what drove me into the gym. And sure enough. I fell in love with it, right? But uh, right. but I think everyone kind of, and it's nice, you know, those moments um, that set you on that path and that pursuit are really exciting, you know, like um, j just knowing that you're chasing something big, right? Ch chasing a version of yourself that doesn't exist that you believe it sounded like you knew you could do it. Like you're like, uh, you're like I'll show you, I know I can do this. And, um, and then, you know, every day has a purpose or, you know, like, you know, exactly what you're supposed to be doing. There's no question. Like, what do I do today? Like, no, get up, go to the gym, eat good, do your thing, get better every single day. And that ascent of like inch by inch climbing up the mountain, like that really is the fun part. It's when you lose your bearings, when you can't even see at what part of the mountain you're on, <laughs> you don't know which way to go. That becomes really challenging. And I think for a lot of people, you talk about decision-making I think a lot of anxiety comes from not, it's not that they don't know what decision to make. It's almost like they don't know what question to answer, <laughs> you know, like, uh, like what should I try to do? What should I try to pursue? What is that grand goal or ambition going to be for me? Um, because I think sometimes you just know it in your soul, you, what you feel, what the universe is pulling you towards for one reason or another. And sometimes you just don't know it all. And that can be a source of anxiety for sure. Absolutely. And I feel like that never really goes away. You just get better at understanding what it is you want to do. Because now with this business venture that I'm on, it's the same thing. Like something goes right for so long. And then when things don't go the way you want them to go as an entrepreneur, you're like, what the fuck am I doing? Right. So like, how do I, what is the next, next best thing? And I always revert back to that something is better than nothing and do what you're good at. 
So mm -hmm. like if you if you don't know what you're good at, something is always better than nothing. And keeping it simple is always most effective. So you don't yeah. have to, like when it comes to training and nutrition, you know, I'm never going to stack on like a million things for you to do on day one. But like, hey, let's discuss this together and see what you're capable of doing. And if you say no, I'm going to give you less until we're saying like, yes, I can do that every day. And if you come back the next week and we talk about it again, and it didn't go according to plan. I'm going to ask you why so that you can verbalize what was happening and then we can be proactive in those decisions. So oh, with all of this comes the experience of change. And with the experience of change, then you're able to better understand and be more aware of how these may go because life in one way or another is going to repeat itself. But the more that you push yourself into the storm, into the uncomfortable, into the obstacle, it's typically the way that's going to change your life for the better. And that's really like my thought process. It's very stoic, I suppose. But, you know, I feel like the obstacle is the way because if we're avoiding it, we're just walking around the mountain versus up. And if we're on the other side, we're still looking up at the the, the hidden summit, if I if I may. It sounds like we uh, share a passion for the same author, Ryan Holiday, who is he's got a couple of great books. Obstacles the Way is a great one. My favorite one is called Discipline is Destiny. Um, and, uh, in terms of real usable, uh, directives, I'm telling you, if, if you're someone who's trying to figure out how to be a little bit better, go listen to that book. And, um, and, and it really highlights how doing the hard thing right now is, is really your quickest path to happiness versus staying comfortable right now. And then digging a hole for yourself that is harder and harder to get out of, um, and uh, Ryan Holiday does a really good job in that book of highlighting lots of different successful people and looking at what they did and how and why they do it and then comparing them to their counterparts who maybe achieved similar accolades, but not the same long term outcome uh, and, and where that divide was. So really, really cool stuff there if you guys like to read. And if you don't like to read, they, they have books on tape. So when you're doing your cardio, just put it on, you know, you, you listen to a while. Right. Um, yeah, I got to check that one out. I've, I've, I've only read Obstacle is the Way, so I definitely got to check out Discipline is Destiny. Thanks. Yeah, he's got Appreciate a few it. of them, and, and they're they're yeah. easy reading. And Ryan is, a, you know, he's an expert in this, the Stoics. He has a um, he has a newsletter called like the Daily Stoic, where he just yeah. kind of reads a passage, talks about it, what it means to you, and you know, go and attack your day. In fact, one of the things that inspired me to create, I wrote a journal for our athletes, and it was. Kind of a journal that was half of it was like training and nutrition so it would be like write down all your training your cardio and you know what you ate everything throughout the day track your macros your supplements but then on the other half of the page it was all mindset and self-care and and one of the things in there is just like identifying like three characteristics of the person you want to be today like who who are you trying to be you're like you know just just writing that down almost gives you that north star that compass to be like, hey, that's obviously not in line with where I want to go, right? And, and it makes it easier for you to maybe make a better decision. And then just putting down like three things you want to accomplish today, what would make today great? And then being able to evaluate at the end of the day, like what went well, what could you do better and what did you learn? Because a lot of people never even consider that stuff. They just go straight to whatever dopamine you know, vendors around them to make them feel good right now, whether that be food or Instagram or Netflix um, or getting themselves riled up with CNN or something like that. Like it's, it's all, it's all just a quick, it's a quick hit, you know? And so I think, I think taking some time to self-reflect and it doesn't need to be some long foofy, I'm going to journal for an hour. That's not necessary. You can just kind of look at it more as like a worksheet right? Like I'm filling out my worksheet, I'm doing the work. And, um, and, and that can really help, I think. Absolutely. I love that concept. <laughs> and, you know, every time someone comes in with us, so, you know, we don't have the journal per se, we have, you know, different uh, PDFs and downloads that they can follow. We have a course that we give them that has, you know, different documents that are similar where they have the, the, the nutrition, they have the movement, and then big for us is the mindset. And really what you're alluding to is, you know, parallel to what we talk about, like, who is it that you want to be? today and how does that person act because if you yeah. want to be that person think about how what it is they get to do today don't have to do any of it but if this is what you're saying to yourself that you want to do why don't we come up with a short plan to get there and i love how you break it down daily and have that for them because 
like you said, there's so much going on in the world and it can be overwhelming. So we can just like shift to a dopamine hit, hopefully not the CNN side of things. And then, you know, we can you take five minutes, literally just two to five minutes yourself to decide who it is you want to be and what it is you can do in these moments to push yourself into position. So you have that confidence internally to take on more of the challenges that come. Yep. And, and you're going to, you know, everyone, everyone's dealing with different stuff. I remember, um, after and i shared this with you previously after my daughter was born she was born very early we were living in the hospital for a long time with her we just didn't know on a daily basis is she going to survive today like it was really uh traumatizing to my wife and i and after we got her out i started just experiencing lots of like rage like anger you know i broke my hand twice not a good thing <laughs> so he likes to use their hands and um and I realized like, I need to get some, I need to get a handle on this. I need to get some help. And so I started seeing a psychiatrist, which was, you know, helpful in some ways, but it was actually a friend of mine who had reached out. And uh, this guy, his name is Dan Clark. He actually used to play Nitro on American Gladiators. So if you remember the original American Gladiators, Dan Nitro Clark, he's awesome. They also did a bunch of documentaries on him recently. And, um, and he was just being, being a friend, he reached out and he said, hey, let me help you out. I've been doing some mindset stuff. I'm going to, you know, do um, some guided meditation with you. And we talked, he did some guided meditation and just, you know, helping me redirect myself and specifically thinking about the person that I want to be like, you know, the characteristics of the person I want to be, what does this person do? How does he react to this? You know? And, and then in, in those moments when I would felt myself maybe losing control, I would, I would think about that. And it would just like redirect me. And it was so helpful because not only was it kind of personalized and customized to me and my feelings, and this was stuff that I had to like write down and identify, like, who is it that I really want to be? Like, what does this person do? Um, you know, do they have presence? Do they have poise? Are they intelligent? Do they, you know, bring good things into the world? Um, but uh, having Dan, who had also been through really similar stuff, like, you know, dealing with anger, it it made me realize that this is common in, in, in men and probably in women too. It's like, you know, just deciding which voice you're going to listen to, like what version of yourself is talking right now. Is it the adult version of you or is it the child version of you? That's just throwing a temper tantrum and complaining. And if you can put a name on it now, you know, Oh, that's just the kid version acting up. He's got to, he's got to calm down. He's got to settle down a little bit, you know, yeah. but um, it's hard to do. You have to want to do it, you know? Um, and, and I think for a lot of folks out there, the, the first step is just getting real with yourself and being vulnerable in some places. You know, it's not it's not easy to um, admit to yourself that you feel like, hey, you're just you're just not an, you're, you're not enough. You're not the person that you really want. You feel like you're going off path and you need you need a GPS to help get you back in line. Um, but once you do take that step, boy, oh, boy, is that a load off your shoulders? Because now you can start moving forward. You know, you can start actually taking those steps and walking the path. Yeah. And I mean, I, especially for men, it's difficult to admit that like, yes, I'm going to go and meditate every day, right? It's not the sexiest thing to do. And I think that for me personally, it's the one thing I would recommend to men and women if they're suffering from this chaos and the inability to practice what you're describing, I call equanimity, like the ability to absorb or dismiss thoughts, uh, not just on the first, you know, acceptance of them. It's kind of like, well, does this serve me? Like, why am I thinking this way? Like, literally have a conversation with yourself. How come this is in my head right now? Where is this coming from? Why is this in like affecting my day right now? If you can do that, it's a start to being able to dismiss and absorb the thoughts that serve you and don't serve you. And what I had done, you know, I think this is January of 2021. I did meditation for the first time, the second time, the first time I fell asleep. I was like, this isn't for me. It's stupid. And then a couple of months later, I came back to it and I just used the downloaded the calm app and did yep. the daily the, the 30 days of intro to meditation. And it was 10 minutes a day of guided meditation. And at that time, I was listening to uh, the podcast Psychology Unplugged. And in that, um, the psychologist talks about, you know, the magic happens between the sessions in a therapy session. It doesn't necessarily always happen in that moment with the other person across the room, but your ability to listen and think and absorb what serves you will help you when those moments come later on so you don't break your hand again, right? So you so can actually go for it. So for, for you guys out there, um, the Calm app, it's probably one of the most popular apps in the world. It's in the top 10, at least, especially after the pandemic. And 
That's funny you mentioned that because while we were in the hospital, that was something that both Camille and I did while we were in there because, you know, we're we're in this room listening to these life support monitors beep and alarm and then nurses come running in and reviving the kid. And this is happening like all day long. And um, and so your anxiety gets so high that it almost feels like you can't you can't think you can't breathe like you're just, you know, so jacked up. And um, this app is great because you can select like what you're trying to do. Are you trying to fall asleep? Are you trying to relax? Are you trying to be more focused? Um, and they have all these different kind of, I guess you could call them programs, including one called the Daily Calm, where it just plays for like, I think it's like 15 minutes or something. You put your headphones on, you sit there quietly and listen to somebody. Sometimes they're telling a story and um, and it's really, it's really helpful. So if you guys are out there, that is honestly, I think a really valuable resource for people who don't know where to start is, you know, before you start developing your own practice, I think apps like that are fantastic. Oh, for sure. And I, I'm a big fan of the daily trip. It's a, uh, you know, Jeff, I'm Jeff's my boy. I don't even, I don't know who Jeff is, but Jeff is my boy and he helps me every single day for 10 minutes. And if you ever listen to this podcast, I appreciate you just like walking me through like staying present. And this morning's meditation was regard, like it, it, it made me laugh because he said like, well, you're sitting here and you're probably thinking about a bunch of different things. I want you to smile about it and just realize that you're a body. Yep. And when you think about how small we actually are and how insignificant some of the problems that we create are, it's a lot easier to laugh at those and go, you know what? Like I'm able to actually take on whatever's ahead of me today because as the challenges do come, I can, like you said earlier, reflect back on that moment. So I, it's a home run. I have a lifetime subscription to it. I'm a big fan of it. Um, you know, I don't pretend that I'm going to be the one creating, you know, the meditative uh, moments for everybody. I think it's up to you to decide what works best for you, whether it's in silence or using an app or journaling or just some breath work every so often, yoga, like slowing down, doing mobility. But I think as I grow older now, right, as I'm not in my 20s trying to compete anymore, I have more responsibility and running a business, working with my other people it's important to slow down. And I find that that works for me. Like every single morning I'll get up, jump in the ice barrel, take five, five minutes in there, do 10 minutes of meditation, go and read my 10 pages of my book. And then I'll start my day because I, I'm so much more clear. And then as I know, I'm going to have to put out fires because that's a big part of my job. I'm able to do that better because I've taken the 30 minutes to myself every single morning to go and attack the day. So as, as like fitness trainers, right? I mean, um, a lot of what people see, whether it's, you know, training in the gym or walking around with your shirt off or whatever it might be, they, they tend to really put a, a, a lot of focus on the physical body, right? And just like what's happening on the outside. But I think that what's happening on the outside is definitely going to affect what's going on, on the inside, right? So like, and it works both ways, right? When, when you've got your mindset good, usually your body's going to thrive. It's going to do really well. Right. And, and, and vice versa, you know, sometimes your body isn't going the way you want it to, right. Maybe it's being stubborn. Maybe you've got an injury, you know, it's just for whatever reason, it, you, you know, it's not quite right. A lot of times that tends to break you down mentally, right. Where now all of a sudden it's, a, it's affecting your thoughts. So, you know, the one thing you can control is your thoughts, right? And and your process by wh by which you're uh, kind of doing things, uh, and and as an athlete, I think a great skill set to have is not just the knowledge of training and movement and exercise physiology, or even just the nutrition and an understanding of your health and your blood markers, but also understanding how to control your mind, right? And and understanding how to control your thoughts and manage that stuff because. That only makes those other things happen much more effectively. And that's something that is always, you know, under your control uh, to be able to do. And I think it's it doesn't get as much attention. I don't even think nutrition got as much attention as it really deserves, especially when I started doing CrossFit. It was like, oh, yeah, you know, eat the zone and then keep doing thrusters and you'll be fine. I'm like, no, there's a lot more to nutrition <laughs> than just like your own diet. Um, but uh, but the, these are like really critical pillars. Right. And uh, and and the other one that we we sometimes miss is is like the lifestyle or the stress management, uh, you know, like when you train hard um, and and you're really pushing yourself physically, you need to make sure that one, you're you're fueling your body and giving it everything that it needs. But then there's also, you know, an entire level of, of just self-care outside the gym, outside the kitchen, having a balanced life 
being having social interactions like this. These are really important things that contribute to your health, probably more so than we even understand. Yeah. And I think it comes down to like going back to that question of like, who is it that you want to be and what does it take to like, how do you have to act to get there? Right. I mean, people don't come to me and say they want to win the CrossFit Games. They want to be better mothers and fathers. They want to be, you know, better partners in their relationship. And we lean into that, too. Right. I mean, Lacey and I, my girlfriend, you know, we lean into one another and we, yes, we both run our own businesses and we take care of our bodies, but you better believe we make time to just either do nothing or something exciting with one another every so often, because if we don't, then what's the point of them being together? And I'm jealous. I'm sure it's been three yeah, years yeah. since Neil and I were on a date. <laughs> let's, let's set that up. Dude, let's, let's get it going. Like Chris, you know. <laughs> I know you yeah. got your little girl, but it, it, it's, you know, it's, it's important to us. And, you know, we travel together and, you know, it, it's, it's, it's different. Like both of us had 10 year relationships before this that did not work out. And we both hung on a little bit too long. So we appreciate how much that we want to be with one another right now. And then yep. when we sat down and decided we were going to do this, like what was important to us, the businesses that we run, that our health, and then experiencing life together. So we'll, yeah. we, I mean, we, we make sure that we travel once or twice a month because yes, we have the ability to do, to do that with our businesses. Um, but it's, just, it's more exciting to us than just doing a date night. It's like, okay, where, where do we want to go? What do we want to do? What adventure do we want to take together? So we can experience and learn together and, and bring that back and, and share those memories because that's, that fuels us for the other things that take so much of our time, our training. Yeah, it really does fill you up having a, having a good having a good time, you know, going to do something, it really uh, recharges your batteries, right? Is that people say that, um, you know, that, that those little things that sometimes we get so focused on uh, the to-do checklist or whatever that we forget to have fun. <laughs> yeah, that's important. Right. Something I keep reminding myself with our business, you know, uh, Thunderbro, we're, we're blessed. You know, we, we, we have a wonderful community and I love what we do. Um, but it, you know, like when you are ambitious and an entrepreneur and business owner, like it's, it's never enough. Like you're just like, you know, it's just like every day you're just fighting for your, for your career, for your business, you know, and, um, and sometimes you can almost forget like what, what made you successful in the first place in some ways, right? Like, you know, for me, Thunder Bros always been this like really fun brand, uh, and I started it with my buddy, you know, like with my bro as like a, it was an accident. It was a, it was a side hustle of like, Hey, look, let's show, you know, let's, let's talk to people about how to bro up in the garage and sling some iron, you know, with their CrossFit workouts. And, um, and then it turned into this, this whole thing. And I think that sometimes going back to, um, that place, right. Going back, back to that, almost like incubation period in the garage when things hadn't happened yet. And you were just, it was just magic in a can like that. Um, that's really, that's really fun. That can always kind of help set your, your sights on where you should be going. Right. Like that, because you get pulled in so many different directions and people telling you what you should do or, you know, what, what, what the business tone or the brand should be and this and that. And um, at the end of the day, you, you know, you got to remember who you are and what makes you maybe unique to the world. And that at least gives you that identity. I think identity is really important to know who you are and who you want to be. Um, Kevin, you do a lot of stuff with, um, I'm assuming it's it's body transformation, probably a decent amount of fat loss kind of stuff. I'd love to know a little bit about your philosophy with clients who come in, who are maybe they come in, they're out of shape, they don't have a lot of muscle, maybe they're carrying excess body fat. How do you dissect these people? How do you get them on the right path? Sure. So anyone that comes in, uh, we have them take what uh, we've designed is called our functional blueprint type. And really, we want to see what their stressors are, because everybody's got a cup. They can only put so much stress in, whether it be mental, emotional, physical, digestive, energy, the weight that they're carrying. And we want to see like a snapshot of their last 30 days. Uh, asking them a series of questions. And then from there, we'll notice that what's primary, secondary, and tertiary in the sense of like what is causing them the most stress. Um, oftentimes, like one area is much higher than the other. So that gives us a place to focus on, you know. So a lot of our clients come in and they are not in shape. They are not like ready to jump into a program and like go into performance or aesthetics. So we want to help 
with a metabolic reset of sorts to help lower cortisol, uh, up anti-inflammatory, start them on more of a Mediterranean style diet. So their body becomes less inflamed. So as you know, they can start to see these metabolic changes and physical changes over a period of time. So that's really what we do. And then on the, if it's more of like a mental, emotional side of things, we'll have them do more breath work, meditation, yoga, slowing down, lots of zone two training in the beginning. And then after a 14 to 30 day period, we can kind of build upon that based on what their goals are, whether they be fat loss, you know, muscle growth, performance based. And we kind of, we, we meet them halfway and we team them up. I have a team of 15 coaches. So we team them up with one of the coaches who bets fits their mold. And then we'll put them on a path toward success after that. So that's how we go about doing it we kind of see what is causing them stress in their lives and then deteriorate that stress one decision choice uh action at a time um and we do it in a, a way that you know you and maybe you deal with this maybe you don't but like people come in they're like wait i have to eat more and train less then i'm gonna lose weight and i'm like well possibly but we only this is all trial and error here so we, we do a lot of blood work with some of this more severe cases as well and that might take a little bit more um hands-on approach with our, you know, our leadership team on the, the functional medicine side of things. But that's how we go about it. I'm trying to see what's causing you stress, what your goals are, what your day-to-day -day looks like, and then we'll take it one decision at a time. I love that. I mean, I love the idea of, of meeting people where they're at and uh, not like taking like a cookie cutter approach, you know, um, or, or, or such a hard-nosed approach because the right diet, the right training programs, the one that you can do well right now. And that's going to evolve. And, and uh, you know, what I've found too, even from a training and nutritional perspective is that uh, A plus B doesn't always equal C, uh, meaning what you responded to before doesn't mean you're going to respond the same way again because you're changing, your life is changing, your stress levels are changing, you're getting older. You know, there's all kinds of stuff um, that factor into that. And, um, you know, mo most of the, the the dudes and ladies that I work with, they're already like competitive people, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but this is like a lot of, they've already kind of like, most of them have already like competed at the CrossFit games or, or done stuff already. And it's, it's not like a matter of compliance in a lot of cases. In, in, a, in, in a lot of cases, I think we see people that are trying to do way too much of way too much, you know, like they're, they're doing a lot of program hopping on the training side. So they'll, you know, they subscribe to mayhem and then they subscribe to proven and then they did comp train and then they did, you know, this other thing. And I'm like, well, there's a problem right there. Like you can't, you can't be doing everything with, you know, just thinking if you just pour more work on top, it's going to somehow work out. And uh, same thing with the diet. You know, you see a lot of people who are like, hey, I tried keto and then I did the zone diet and I tried carnivore and then I was counting macros. And I'm like, well, the, the all of these programs, they all have a context and utility, right? And, and, and none of them are complete. Like they all have their upsides. They all have their downsides. And it's just a matter of understanding based on who you are right now, what matches up best with you. Some people might have a program that's like five days a week of 90 minutes of training. And some people might train three days a week and that's it. And they're going to get better results out of that than trying to do more or, you know, simplifying their diet down to like, Hey, um, and you mentioned stuff. I love that you mentioned stuff about digestive health, because I think that's, that's a big area that a lot of people don't consider as much. They think, well, if, as long as I eat, let's say paleo, then I don't have to worry about my digestion because they don't realize that, you know, maybe there are things in the paleo diet that are causing you digestive issues or dysbiosis in your gut or are not, you know, like it's not just about eating the foods that you like. It's about eating the foods that like you back. Right. So um, so a lot of this needs to be a bit more customized for people. And it's hard to see it when it's yourself. Right. Like I'm much better at writing programs for other people than I am at writing programs for me because I always like, well, that's not what I want to do. <laughs> you know, like, uh, right. <laughs> so it's good to have that that third party, that objective person who can just kind of see it for what it is um, and be able to be like, OK, you know, bro, bro, Safina, here's what here's what you got to do. And then, you know, kind of check back in. Um, so like when you guys start working with clients, it sounds like it's a pretty holistic approach, right? So you're, you're dealing with training, nutrition, with mindset. Um, what's the end goal with these guys? 
I mean, it varies per client. Uh, but the goal, and I always talk to somebody when I, when I talk to somebody on a, a consultation call, I always let them know my goal is not to work with you forever. It's for you to be able to build and sustain these habits without me, because if I can't do that, then I suck at my job. And yeah. that's, you know, it, it takes you meeting me halfway. Like if I give you more, it's not fair to me. If you give me more, it's not fair to you. And, you know, our average client length is just about 13 months. Um, so people will come on and then they'll start with a, a six week challenge because people love to think, just get the ball rolling. And that's more of a templated format, but we understand that those are temporary. Uh, and then they'll jump into, you know, a membership and all of our memberships are month over month. Cause I want to earn their trust every single month and make sure that they're growing with us over time and they're seeing the progress they want to see. But I mean, it's really like to answer the question, it's, the goal is for them to be able to sustain these habits and make positive decisions in their life so that they can overall elevate their life. For me, it's more so nowadays, it's not just about the nutrition, the training, the mindset. It's like, how can I make you a better fucking person? Like, how can you wake up in the morning and go like, I'm ready to take on my life today? And we get there. It's it's cool. We get, we have these two calls we host later in the week. There are lifestyle calls. And really, like, I don't want to facilitate this call so i'll pose a question and let the community talk amongst themselves and like guide it so we get to the point that i want to make based off of the the question that starts the call and there's so many stories for the newer people of people who have been with us for six eight twelve months who said when i started like i would have never spoken up on this call and this is how i'm handling it and maybe this is a season in my life that's more challenging but i'm able to process it up here and think about it because I know that I always have a chance to do it moving forward. And like, those are the coolest things that I hear because yeah, I mean, we get people to lose weight and we're really good at managing your gut health and what to put in your body and how to move your body. But for me, it's like, okay, that's a part of your life. Like you're still a mom at the end of the day. You're still a dad at the end of the day. You're still running a business at the end of the day. Like, how can we get you to better, be better in all of those areas? And that's, that's my mission is, you know, sure. We use, fitness and nutrition and mindset as, uh, you know, the GPS to elevate your life. But if we don't elevate your life, then we're not doing our job. So, That's awesome. A little different, what, little different. what are the things like you've, you've worked in the gym for, for years. I've worked in gyms for years, you know, being face to face with someone, it's actually something I really miss a lot. <laughs> you know, like I feel like I never get to, I never get to coach people in person anymore unless we're doing like a seminar or a workshop or something like that. And that's one of the biggest challenges uh, for me, at least with an online community, especially one that starts to become a little bit larger is, you know, that interaction um, is the real, it, it, people don't give it enough value. I think it's more important than, than what it is that you're doing is like the community and the feel of it. And, you know, being a, a, a part of a group, that's something that, is really, really important as, a, as an online coach, because when you have that connection with people, when you, you know who they are, you know what their challenges are, they're vocal, they share with you, you share with them, that creates a bond. And although it's happening through a computer screen, it's still a really valuable bond that as a business owner, that's what's gonna keep those people in your community, right? That makes it easy for them not to just go, okay, cancel, see you later, I'm just another number on a board but like having the interaction there. So it sounds like what you guys do to maybe nurture that a little bit is, is do like group calls where people in your community can go and talk to each other. How do you do that? Like, how does that work? Do you do that like once a week? Is that a monthly kind of thing? Like, how do you, how do you normally facilitate those? Sure. So, I mean, every Monday I'll host two mindset huddles and then my education team will host two nutrition talks on Tuesday and Wednesday. And then we host, I have my, lifestyle team and myself uh, hop in on Thursday and Friday and host uh, these lifestyle calls. So every day, Monday through Friday, we're hosting a community call based on, you know, East Coast time, West Coast time. Uh, so people can get in and be involved with others working towards a similar goal, not necessarily the same goal, but be to be a part of something. And then when we run our six week challenges, we do many challenges and, you know, encourage people to participate and posting and sharing what they're going through the highs and the lows like you'll if you're ever in my facebook group which i encourage you to come check out like it's people picking each other up right like it, it runs itself and it's amazing because it's just the belief in you know what they've been able to do in their lives and they want to bring that to someone else and the last thing that we do is, you know, we have a community forum. We use a, a programming app so people are, can do a community chat. 
uh, on the on the app itself and share what they're doing with the workouts and what's going well and like oh my god it's leg day again like how I can't even walk today uh, and things like that and it's fun because people are not in it alone. And I think people are still, while more people are working from home these days, they're still striving for that interpersonal human connection. Um, and I miss it too. I mean, it's irreplaceable. You can't do it the same way, but it's about how creative can we get to make sure that they feel that they're not alone in this journey. And um, what we did, and we'll, pro we'll do it again because it was incredible. Uh, I hosted a four-day event down here in Naples over the the summer last year and we had about 80 people come in flying from europe and hawaii and all over the country to come in i had speakers uh you know entrepreneurs and lifestyle coaches nutritionists come in uh any enneagram coaches uh mental health therapists come in to talk on bettering yourself and we would learn together and we would do activities together and we'd eat together and train together and you know party together and it was just this amazing a four-day event which got me hooked on, well, we're further away from COVID than we've ever been before. So now what do we do to be more in the in front of people? So I think that's where the shift is for us. It's like getting in front of people and doing smaller events throughout the course of the year because that's what people are looking for. To be well, I'll something. tell you what, nothing really replaces that. And especially when you're able to kind of have, for instance, uh, we're having, I'm excited, we're having our first staff summit here in a few weeks. Awesome. We're, we're doing an event at Wadapalooza, so our staff's coming down for the week. These are people that we've been interacting with for years. We've never met face-to-face, it's pretty funny. Um, so they're coming down, they're coming down to Florida for two weeks, and so we're gonna do a whole staff summit. I'm really excited about that. But one thing I noticed is, um, especially when we do our workshops, is you know, when someone sees like the training online or something, they're like, oh, yeah, it looks cool. I want to do that. Or I'll, I'm intrigued by what that person is saying. But when you are able to like speak directly to them and explain what you're doing and then put the weight in their hand and see that light bulb go off, you know, where they're like, oh, this is different. Um, that to me is like in terms of conversion, those people convert at an insanely high rate because now they're able to feel what it is that you're talking about. And, and that can only happen in person, you know? And, and, and so I love doing events where not only we get to like, you know, talk about what we do, but actually show people and let them feel it and, and go through it. And I think that that like resonates so, so, uh, so well in terms of, you know, being able to bring someone in and have them be like, Hey, uh, you know, I've, I've caught it. Like when you first time you did CrossFit, it's the same thing. It's like you did your first CrossFit workout. You're like, okay, what that was good. <laughs> yeah, what just happened? Uh, I'm going to have to come back and try this. You, I remember you saying like, oh, burpees and thrusters. And I saw it on TV and I was like, okay, whatever. But then when I did it, it was like a whole right. story. So that's pretty cool, man. I, I love that. I'm going to have to steal that idea of the uh, – of the, the 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 group calls that's such a brilliant idea is like uh we do um different challenges right so we do like a 30-day shred challenge a muscle gain challenge um but i'm always trying to look at new ways of like how can we kind of like you know bring these people in a little bit more give them access and we have this uh, staff of really great coaches that it would be it would be cool to kind of um see if we can get them into like a group meeting and and that kind of environment too i love that um so yeah, tell us it's killer um, where people can find you, Kevin, like, uh, what's, what's the website, the Instagram, what's a good entry point for someone who's maybe interested in, in doing a little bit with you guys at hidden summit. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, my DMS are always open. So Instagram's the easiest place to get in touch with me. It's just at Kevin TV. That's C A. V-A-N-T-V underscore. Uh, just shoot me a message. We can start the conversation. Uh, we have a ton of different guides and PDFs and a free eight-week course. Uh, if you wanted to get more involved with the mindset, nutrition, and movement side of things, it's uh, at stand.store slash hidden summit. Um, but for real, I mean, just shoot me a message. I'm always down for a conversation. Like you were saying, Dave, it's, you know, we can DM and text each other all day, but I'd like to hop on the phone and talk to people. And then, you know, if you want to get into the hidden summit group. It's just the hidden summit group on Facebook to see what we got going on in there. It's absolutely free to get in. And we do a lot of cool giveaways and things all the time too, because people like free shit and I want to give it to you, you know, if you're, if you earn it. So uh, it's a, it's a good, 
it's a good time. I appreciate you asking. I know you got a, a great community of your own, but again, I feel like you're like me where we can always help people in a number of different ways. And it's not exactly rise and tide raises all ships. And when I, you know, when I find someone like you, I'm like, Oh, this guy's doing some pretty cool stuff with people. I like how, you know, I, when I saw what you were doing, I was like, I really like how you're integrating the mindset stuff with the physical transformation stuff. And, you know, your messaging is very parallel with our messaging. And I'm kind of, you know, when you zoom out of the fitness industry, just a little bit, you're starting to see more and more of this genre of um, a body transformation tied to maybe uh, mental skills or um, more of, of just like, you know, it's not just about what's happening in the gym. It's about what's happening in all these different aspects of your life. You want to thrive, not just survive. That's something, you know, like a, re a really common theme. It's like, you have these dudes who want to invest in these fit in their fitness and ladies too. You know, they want to, they want to do their cold tanks. They want to get up early. They want to pay money to, to have a gym membership. Um, you know, maybe they're not as interested in cars or houses or going out and partying, but their health is their wealth. And so they want to, they want to be that version of themselves because, and I think there's no, there's no better equity to have than to have, you know, a good mental and phys physical status of your health. And right. now I, I think about my buddy, Jason Kalipa, who's starting like, kind of like a men's group. And, and he's like, okay, you know, we got these, we got these group of guys, probably just like you and me, who are like lifelong athletes, right? Grew up playing sports. I grew up playing baseball. You grew up playing lacrosse got into CrossFit, you know, found this thing like competing and it opened up this whole new area of possibilities. But now they're at the point where they're working guys, they're dads, they're not trying to be the fittest man on earth. They just want to, you know, they just want to humiliate other dudes at the beach you know, and, and, and be the best for their families. And, you know, maybe it doesn't have to be that performance at all costs, competition route, beat yourself into the ground thing. But maybe it's more about mastering a lot of different areas of your life and tweaking your training and your nutrition and your lifestyle to be able to operate at a really high level. Because that to me is bringing thunder, right? Like, you know, working hard, having fun and bringing thunder. That's, that's our mantra. And it's not just in the gym. It's in the bedroom, in the kitchen, at your work, with your kids. It's just being that, that big version of yourself or like we talked about, like that, the, the guy or the girl that you aspire to be, you know, that, that to me is, is the real pursuit. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Calvin. This is really fun, brother. I appreciate it. Awesome stories. I didn't even know we had this much in common and uh, hopefully we get to connect sometime. I'll come down to Naples and we'll, we'll throw it around a little bit and go grab a salad. <laughs> All right. Sounds like a plan, dude. I appreciate you having me on, Dave. Thanks so much. All right. You got it. Thanks, Calvin.